Greetings, cinephiles. Are you looking for a movie analysis podcast that stands above the rest? Then look no further than Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters. We analyze good movies, we analyze bad movies, and yes, we also analyze the in-betweens of the world of cinema. So if you like what you hear, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And yes, my friends, we are 420 friendly. So when you listen to us, smoke smoke it it if you've got got it. it. And now... Here's a new episode of Collateral Gaming. The show starts right now. Hey, folks, how's it going? This is Collateral Gaming. You already know what time it is. It's time for a bonus round. Tonight, Ash and I, I'm Zach, hello. We are going to be diving into the timeline from the Legend of Zelda video game series, up to and including Tears of the Kingdom. So stick around. The show starts right now. Collateral Gaming Bonus Round. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Zachary Gio. And we are podcasting straight from the United States. And yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. It's, unless it's crack or smoke. Yeah, unless it's, unless it's you know, like, let, let's just like blanket, you know, weed is good. Um, if you're into psychedelics, that shit's kind of cool. But... Uh, you know, like, 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 yeah. We, we don't really Avoid recommend hard anything shit. else. Avoid uh, the hard shit. We don't want anybody like getting a heroin addiction because of us. Exactly. And I mean, neither one of us, neither one of us do the heroin. No. Isn't no. that isn't that shit like instantly addictive? Like people people do heroin and they're just instantly hooked for life. Is that's that what, what I've that's what I've heard, dude. Like I've tried. That's co- terrifying. I've tried coke and I was like, yeah, I don't really never need to do that again. But like, I will not Pepsi's do better. meth or heroin because. <laughs> Pepsi's way better, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Pepsi's ass. Yeah. Also, for those of y'all listening, I'm playing Call of Duty right now because I got back into it. And I really wanted to talk to Ash about the Zelda timeline. Uh, so we decided to get out a bonus round this week because, I mean, these are a little bit more open-ended. We're just going to kind of shoot the shit. But also, the Zelda timeline is this big, beautiful, complex topic that sometimes makes sense if you know a little bit about Zelda, and it doesn't make sense at all if you know a lot about Zelda. So we're 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 just gonna have some fun with this tonight. I'm hell, I'm really glad that we decided to do this shit. Hell yes, dude! I have been wanting to talk about the Zelda timeline uh, extensively and kind of do an episode on this for a while because I am very passionate about this. Um, disclaimer oh, yeah. before we start. For those of you who think that the Zelda timeline was all cobbled together by Nintendo after the fact and didn't exist, um, your mind you're is wrong. You're wrong, and your mind is going to be changed, hopefully, by the end of this episode. Or if you're one of those who's in the camp of, oh, it's all a legend and it's just being retold, I mean, it's a nice theory, but it's a cop-out and it ignores the direct connections between games. So we're throwing all that out the window We and... and uh, we're going to do an in-depth analysis of the Zelda timeline as it stands in 2023, including Tears of the Kingdom and where um, we think that might be placed. I mean, obviously oh, yeah. after Breath of the Wild, but um, there are other parts of it. Spoilers, by the way, for all games, including Tears of the Kingdom. Not Ocarina of Time, though. Nobody's played that game yet. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, the <laughs> that's rude. 
Yeah. So, Zach, um, yes, the Zelda timeline, if you're anything like me, you were probably following this shit back in the day, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I was I kind of loosely hoping for one. When did when did they drop the official timeline timeline? Was it like right before Skyward Sword dropped right after Skyward Sword? Was it around the time of A Link Between Worlds? It was I, I'm a little right when Skyward Sword dropped was when Hyrule Historia came out. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. All right. OK, yeah. And it was a big deal because Skyward Sword is the beginning of the timeline. So it actually made a lot of sense. Uh, to include it then. Um, the most yeah. recent version of the timeline was dropped in the uh, encyclopedia, and that actually uh, was released around the time, or shortly after A Link Between Worlds, if I'm not mistaken, uh, as oh, yeah. it does include it. And there are some minor alterations. So we are going off of the current version of the timeline, plus what we know about Breath of the Wild, as has been confirmed outside of universe, as well as uh, what we feel, how we feel about Tears of the Kingdom. Um, oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. But That's the good stuff. The thing is, is that like Nintendo has always had a running uh, timeline in the background, and then 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 this is the thing that I'm gonna probably I'm gonna get on my podium here, and I'm gonna rant about because um, it's in, uh, inarguable. Okay. Starting back at the very first Legend of Zelda, right? Zelda 2 is a direct sequel. Nobody debates that. Uh, a Link to the Past was actually a prequel to both Zelda 1 and Zelda 2 and was stated as such and included a different version of Link and Zelda, um, two characters by the same names but completely different, and served oh, yeah. to explain how the kingdom got to the way that it did. Um, of course, Link's Awakening was a direct sequel to that. And then one of the events that was mentioned in A Link to the Past was the Imprisoning War, um, part of which we got to see play out in Ocarina of Time. So again, Ocarina of Time is a prequel set before all of these, and Ocarina of Time w was actually playing out events referenced in A Link to the Past, namely the, the Imprisoning War. So between these Im first five games, there's definitely a, a cohesive timeline, right? Oh, absolutely. And of course, you know, they dove right into it, kind of giving us another taste of a, another piece of the timeline with the release of Majora's Mask, giving us kind of like what happened immediately after uh, the events of Ocarina of Time once Link returned the Master Sword to the Temple of Time. Right. And it's really cool because once once these games were kind of linked together, like diehard fans were able to make the connection. But enough people who had played the games didn't make the connection enough to where when it was finally released... It was kind of eye-opening and kind of awe-inspiring because finally it kind of made sense. You know, there was there was an explanation to it. Yeah, and yes, parts of the timeline were cobbled together after the fact and made to fit retroactively because there were a lot of retcons, namely um, the way that the Imprisoning War plays out in A Link to the Past or as described in that game is a bit different to what we see in Ocarina, which at the time we would have chalked up to... Um, the game, you know, it was just a, a, you know, parts of the story were lost or whatnot. But as is, was confirmed later, um, everything in the downfall timeline was in fact a separate timeline that was established after the fact. I don't doubt that. Um, the downfall, the downfall time. I'm sorry for interrupting you, but the downfall timeline, that's upon Link's death in Ocarina of Time, right? Like he's right. killed right. by Ganon. 
And I think that's where a lot of people kind of felt like the timeline was coupled together, and you would not be wrong for assuming that that part, because what happened was is that the original set of games didn't mesh with the current version of the timeline, and that was one of the, the ongoing debates was where exactly the 2D games fit into this timeline after we started getting timeline splits and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and so Nintendo, I think, established that and, and added those games the best way they could by adding a third timeline split. But I will say the split timeline was always a thing. Because jumping back to Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, um, what happens at the end of Ocarina of Time is Link goes back in time and prevents the events from ever occurring. Conventional mm -hmm. time travel mechanics would establish that this is a new, separate timeline. That was always a thing. Like, you can't... I, I, I don't see how you can really argue that, because that, that's how time travel works. I mean, depending on the story, but if you want to bypass things like the grandfather paradox, the idea that both timelines exist simultaneously um, is the easiest way to reconcile that. Um, so the fact is, is that Link changed events and created a brand new timeline where the events of Ocarina of Time, the adult era, never happened. And that's where Majora's Mask takes place. Now, the thing about Wind Waker is it pretty explicitly makes that connection um, to Ocarina of Time as taking place in the now abandoned adult timeline. Because, first of all, the hero Time is mentioned. The hero Time was only known as a hero in the adult timeline. The world at large yeah. didn't know what Link did. Second of all, they very specifically mention that the hero vanished. Why did the hero vanish? Because he no longer existed in that timeline. He went back in time, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> in, in, my opinion, in my opinion, that's non-debatable. And that, this was well known well before Hyrule Historia came out. The split timeline theory was actually an ongoing debate where people debated whether there was a single or a split timeline. But I can't see how you could read that differently. The intro to The Wind Waker, it confirmed that. And if I recall, uh, there are some interviews uh, with Aonuma that basically, out of universe, confirmed the split timeline. So, I mean, this was always well known, and it makes sense. And now you know where Twilight Princess is. Well, Twilight Princess exists in the original timeline, uh, or sorry, the new timeline, uh, parallel to the Wind Waker. So they take place around the same time frame, just in different timelines. But then, of course, now that we've established uh, Twilight Princess as existing in the new timeline, now it's unclear where the original games actually occurred. Um, Zelda 1 through... Uh, Link's Awakening, and, and also the Oracle games. and So I think this was where people were having difficulty following and where we were seeing... I think the split timeline theory was accepted over time and, and pretty much just accepted by most as canon. But, you know, the rest of it was, was a big unknown. And like you said earlier, Zach, I mean, a lot of us really didn't think that we'd ever get an official answer from Nintendo. I... I honestly still don't think we're going to get one just yet. Now, granted, you have the timeline that they've published, but I think there's more to it. Um, and obviously, we're going to get into that with Skyward Sword and how that game itself split the timeline into two more segments, which include, you know... Well, here's another thing. We just got Tears of the Kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. That kind of expands, but also bottlenecks the entire series into one timeline right it kind of recenters everything it really because does I, 
So yeah. Breath of the Wild was the way I see it, a convergence of timelines. Nintendo's official statement is that Breath of the Wild can take place in any timeline. Basically, at the end of every timeline, everything has happened or was thought to happen and, and legend and fact mixed. And so we can assume that after hundreds of years and then 10,000 years on top of that, everything in every timeline happened or was thought to happen. And that's why we have a mixed history where Hyrule can be underwater, be blanketed in twilight, and the events of the downfall timeline can all have occurred. So, Or just, an entire new Hyrule can take place, considering the fact that after the events of Skyward Sword... They, you know, well, Skyward Sword's the beginning of everything, but it could also be the end, considering the, you know, what is it, the Ouroboros? Yeah, and, so... In Tears of the Kingdom? Yeah, the Ouroboros in Tears of the Kingdom was a predominant there. I mean, you, you and I talked about this. We watched a video, and uh, I came into Tears of the Kingdom thinking that maybe they were actually going to tell us a, a story and, and do an entire time loop and, like, show the creation of Hyrule via Skyward Sword. Um or, or show like 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 predate Skyward Sword and basically set those events in motion. That's not what ended up happening, but the Tears of the Kingdom still ended up having profound implications on the timeline, which we'll get into. Um, I, I guess let, maybe we we should just start from the beginning. I mean, we kind of went through release order, and the rest of the games kind of fall into place after that. But maybe if we start like chronologically and kind of go yeah. through it, you know? Yeah, go ahead, dude. I'm, I'm along for the ride. I thought we were gonna talk. Just like loosely about the timeline, and this man comes in with the facts, and I'm kind of enamored. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> okay, so yeah, let, I mean, I think a lot of listeners may not be as familiar as we are, so maybe if we at least yeah. quickly run through it. But, um, and I'm going off of my head, by the way. I, I just know this shit. But if there's anything that I'm wrong about, it's because I'm going off of my head. Um, but we start with. Uh, Skyward Sword, which was the uh, well, basically, it, it, it's the start of the cycle. It explains why Link and Zelda and Ganondorf reincarnate. And yes, Ganondorf does reincarnate, and no, Tears of the Kingdom is not the first time he's done so. Although, yes, most of the time it's the same one. More on that later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it explains actually where they all came from. Zelda is the reincarnation of the goddess Hylia. Uh, Link is the reincarnation of an ancient hero that aided Hylia. Um, and uh, Demise is this uh, demon king. Apparently he carries the same epithet as Ganondorf that uh, Hylia fought some hundreds, thousands of years ago, um, who comes back. And at the end of that game, uh, he curses Lynx and Zelda's descendants and... and um, progeny and therefore establishes the reincarnation of Ganondorf saying that his hatred will live on. Yeah. And honestly, I think that that was a beautiful way to tell that story, considering the fact that we knew that there was a cycle reincarnating them over and over and over. But the fact that, you know, it wasn't Ganondorf, it wasn't Ganon. It was the demon King, but it wasn't Ganon or Ganondorf. It was just the pure, embodiment of hatred and malice incarnate considering what Girahim did throughout Skyward Sword to, you know, basically bring him back to life and sacrifice himself so that he could become his weapon, that vessel. And what I think we saw at the end of Skyward Sword was that vessel that was created to become Ganondorf 
eventually, which is super fucking confusing. But at the same time, it's really cool because we kind of now have an inkling about how everything truly got started, you know? Right. And this takes place prior to the establishment of the kingdom of Hyrule. Um, Zelda is not a princess. She's the daughter of the headmaster of the Night Academy. And however you say his name <laughs> at the uh, the uh, Hylians live in the sky in Skyloft. But we show how they eventually came back to the surface and yep. uh, would establish Hyrule. And Link and Zelda definitely were fucking. <laughs> I, th- I think it's safe to say in most of the like, I guess, bullet point events like Tears of the Kingdom and, you know, Skyward Sword especially. Skyward Sword is the game that, like, heavily shows that, you know, the hero and the goddess can be together because those two were in love with each other. And that, no game shows that more than Skyward Sword. Yeah, Tears Tears of the Kingdom comes close. Um, Skyward Sword is still the... um, Link and Zelda have the most chemistry, and and it's most overtly displayed. Uh, it's it, it is one hundred percent canon that they fucked in Skyward Sword. Um, that 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 that's it's not just head canon. Like it it happened. Okay, uh, and we can debate whether or not Link ended up with Zelda in every other story. I personally, I don't think he always did. Because it would no, mean definitely not Twilight Princess. Hell no. They had no chemistry. And also, there's some interesting implications about... Well, I mean, yeah. they're like hundreds of years apart, so it doesn't. it's not really related. But we have questions of, like, why wasn't Link born into royalty? Um, so I think that's why not every single time they're together. Also, not every single Link is actually related to each other. Um, Sky, or, or, uh, in fact, the only confirmed case of actual, like, descendant relationship is between the Hero of Time and the Hero of Twilight. Those are the only yeah. ones that have been confirmed. Um, the Wind Waker link, the, the Hero of the Winds, is explicitly not related to the Hero of Time because he can't mm-hmm. be. Cause he literally picked up the mantle while just on a quest to save his sister. Yeah. But so. I, I would say he inherited the Hero's spirit, which transcends Absolutely. time. I think that's the important part, and that's how reincarnation works. There are some who would say that, for instance, that example was not reincarnation, but I think it still counts as reincarnation. Um, the hero spirit is just something that transcends time, like the Triforce does, right? Yes. Yeah, which once you know, once Link drew the Master Sword and inherited the spirit of the hero, I think that's when he was blessed with the Triforce of Courage because he, he had what it took to get inside the, I guess, the inner sanctum to pull the Master Sword and awaken all the monsters in the castle. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I think it, yeah, it was called the Sanctum or something to that effect, I remember. So it's going to be some type of bullshit like that. Sanctum, the inner Sanctorum. sanctum. <laughs> okay, Sky High. <laughs> Is that from Sky High? No, uh, that's from Doctor Strange. Oh, Okay. Never mind. Marvel Comics. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, cut that out. Cut that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> nothing's getting cut out. This episode is unedited. But um, unless we really fuck up and somebody drops like an N-word or something, which we don't Hell do. Nah. No. <laughs> Hell no. Um, anyway. So, yeah. Speaking of the Master Sword, Link does... Uh, we, we see the creation of the Master Sword in Skyward Sword, which is which is really was really cool to see play out. And it basically just establishes um, the the timeline, and it was it was a great 
it's a great point to start from, actually. If you want to start the series, you could start chronologically with Skyward Sword, or you can come back to it later and fill in the gaps, um, like in the release order. So yeah, after and I, I, go ahead. I want to go back to a like small little theory I have. Do you know how like Skyward Sword is arguably more linear than the rest of the games? Yes. As far as like the way the story and the events take place. Yeah. I want to say that Nintendo. I feel like Nintendo is just sheer genius in the way they create these games because the beginning of the story. Skyward Sword was literally designed to tell how it all began, how it all started. And that can only be done one way that can only be done in a very, very specific manner and course of events. So why wouldn't it be set to where you can really, I just killed a spider. Sorry. You, (laughs) why wouldn't it, um, suggest that it's so linear and so not handheld, I guess your hand isn't being held while you're playing the game. But there's really only, like, when, oh, I, I guess I'm trying to figure out a way to say this. Um, there's really only a certain way you can play Skyward Sword. And the story is beautiful because of it. Like, they I, I think arguably it's... created the best story in the franchise because they make you stick to its path. Exactly, yeah. I it, would say that arguably, like, Skyward Sword has the best story, arguably, in the Zelda series because it's so linear. And it is yep. it, it, like, like uh, similar to what we said about Metroid Fusion at one point. Um, both games are, are considered uh, among the most, if not the most, linear games of their respective franchises. And yet, they're able to tell a story better because of it. And we, we even did make the point that parts of the progression of story in uh, Tears of the Kingdom were more linear than in Breath of the Wild. And that actually had a positive effect on the telling of that story. It did. It did. There should have never, like Breath of the Wild's great, but there should have never been just such an open-ended way to tell a story. You know, it, I think that there. W- I think there should have been no way to see the memories out of order, because, well, I mean, it, I guess Link can remember things in different ways at different times, but it would be better if we just didn't know what happened right away. Because in the first hour of playing the game, you actually find out what happened, basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like that's that's kind of the problem, is that there are no plot twists in Breath of the Wild. It's all known in advance. And um, obviously, they were doing their best to make an open-world game. But I feel like Tears of the Kingdom it was able to make an equally open-world game. But um, know when to progress its story linearly. Um, in order to to tell that story better and just doing a better job with it, which was good. But um, jumping back into the timeline, and I guess moving on here, um, we have Skyward Sword, and then we have the, yeah. Minish, the Minish Cap, uh, which was at one point considered the game that started all the games because um, you know it explains why Link wears the cap or whatever. Although, I mean, it's such you a can't minor. really say that though because Ezlo is not going to be the. <laughs> Yeah. Or do you think that Ezlo could be the reason why the hero wears a cap like that? Well, Skyward Sword Link wears a cap like that. So it it, it just kind of begs the question of where did it come from? Kind of like how like Zelda 2 establishes that uh, 
every uh, like that they would just continually name Princesses Zelda, but that game actually occurs at the end of its respective timeline. It doesn't actually yeah. explain how it happened any of the other times. So imagine that the timeline is very loose and things are forgotten and, and uh, traditions are reestablished, I think is the best way to look at it. I, but, I would venture to say that the goddess had a hand in the naming of Zelda, considering the fact that in Skyward Sword, the beginning of it all, the goddess Hylia kind of reincarnated herself as Zelda. I, I think it's know? kind of a fate. Thing. I think it's kind of a, like, yeah, this this is set to happen. This this is this this is why, you know, Zelda's gonna always come out. So either by accident or because, you know, there's some long standing tradition of naming Princesses Zelda. Um, either way. Um and I, I remember getting into it with somebody online about how like it just, just it just broke the timeline and it no longer makes sense because uh, you know uh they had to name every Princess Zelda after that, and, and therefore Tears of the Kingdom broke the time. I'm like, no, it didn't, because what we can... Of course, that was based on one understanding of where Tears of the Kingdom takes place, which I no longer subscribe to. But anyway, uh, going off on a tangent here, but uh, basically, like, there's, there's, there's no reason we can't, you know, just assume at some point that um, they thought, oh, hey, here's some ancestor of ours named Zelda. And this could have been hundreds of years after the fact and started some kind of tradition. And there isn't always a tradition. Like I said, she could just somehow randomly be named Zelda because of fate. And, and, and that's kind of how this whole thing works. Um, there's some kind of magic at play here that transcends time that is able to explain why there's always a Link and there's always a Zelda. Um, but what's interesting about the Minish Cap is that it does take place in what seems to be kind of a early Hyrule. Where um, yeah. I mean, it is an established kingdom. There's a castle, but um, th there, there were parts of that game world that were meant to suggest that it was uh, at the beginning of the timeline. And and so you know, there, there's not a whole lot that affects the timeline as a whole here, other than the creation of the Thor sword, which will come up again. But um, yeah, the Minish Cap was at one point the prequel to the entire series uh, where Ocarina of Time previously had been. <laughs> And then you know, uh, you know what's funny? I've never actually played Four Sword and Four Swords Adventures, so I'm excited haven't. to hear your take. No, I haven't. I okay. have not played those games. I didn't have friends. I'm just kidding. That's awful. But no, I I never played them. I never had them. So uh, I've played both. I had Four Swords Adventures on the GameCube, and I finished it. Um, I later got Four Swords. I think uh, when it was uh, there, it came out on the DSi, and it was like a limited thing, uh, I, if I recall. Um, and so I remember playing it with my buddy, and I finally got to experience that. Technically, I also had the GBA link. Uh, um, I had the GBA link to the past, but I didn't have anybody to play Four Swords with me. Um, I think we needed an, another cartridge to make that happen, so I never was able to make that happen. But anyway, um, Four Swords is actually the next game in the timeline, uh, taking place directly after the Minish Cap. Well, you know, a hundred years or more. Um, obviously, a new Link, a new Zelda. Again, no big timeline ramifications other than the fact that it does... Um, uh, Vadi, the villain of the Minish Cap, does show up again in Four Swords and will show up again later along with the Four Sword. Um, and, and the events of the Minish Cap are actually referenced. And so the Minish Cap would actually be released later and kind of explain all of that and, and show how it worked out. So it very much was a proto-Skyward Sword, especially for that sub-series. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Oh, now I want to play Four Swords, dude. The first Four Swords game isn't heavy on story. It's mostly a multiplayer adventure, but it is a lot of fun. Um, and uh, so is Four Swords Adventures, which is actually more narrative-focused. But Four Swords Adventures, surprisingly, actually takes place much later in the timeline. And there's a good reason for that, um, which has to do with uh, the reincarnation cycles of Ganondorf, who, by the way, hasn't made an appearance yet. So we had Demise... He would come back later, but he hasn't yet, or we haven't seen him come yet. Um, yeah. And then Vadi shows up. And then what we, for some time, have assumed was may, was the first Ganondorf, maybe, may not be, shows, shows up in uh, Ocarina of Time, and that is the next game of the timeline. In Ocarina, oh, of, time, and Ocarina of Time hits heavy with the Ganondorf lore. Yes. This is a story-heavy game, like Skyward Sword. Um, this is the cornerstone, the, the keystone of the entire franchise. Um, the, the, the entire timeline actually hinges and is centered around Ocarina of Time, which is nice because I think the other keystone of the franchise, Breath of the Wild, also occupies a similarly important role. Uh, more on that later uh, with the timeline as a whole. But Ocarina of Time is where, of course, we have the timeline split. We explained this earlier. It's where Link goes back in time and prevents everything from happening. So there is a new, quote-unquote, child timeline because Link went back in time seven years to when he was a kid. And then there's the adult timeline where he slept for seven years, woke up, the world turned to shit, and he sealed Ganondorf away. So we have two timelines, one where Ganondorf never took over Hyrule and one where he did, everything turned to shit, the hero of time showed up, kicked his ass, he and the sages sealed him away, um, referencing the imprisoning war that was, uh, or, 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 or uh, illustrating the imprisoning war that was referenced in A Link to the Past. And uh, with the minor uh, issue where it wasn't just the sages who sealed Ganondorf, but it was the hero along with the sages. Um, and the reason for that is, is because of the other timeline split in the series. But um, what we see here in Ocarina of Time is, is, yeah, one timeline where everything went to shit, the sages and the hero sealed Ganondorf away, and then another where Ganondorf was prevented from ever um, taking over Hyrule and was executed, although not successfully, as seen in Twilight Princess. <laughs> yeah, which is horrifying, by the way, and that's... Just cover all the bases here. I don't know what the fuck to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> So, in the new timeline, we have Majora's Mask, of course. Same yeah. link from Ocarina of Time. Uh, it is a direct sequel. And um, he goes off on adventure in another land known as Termina. No big ramifications on the timeline, although, except for the fact that this link would la later become the hero Shade, and maybe taking into account his adventures in Termina might explain the hero of Shade's attitude. Um, and uh, the idea that he was never remembered as a hero, because it, which was his biggest regret, as explained, I think, in Historia, because um, time forgot that he was a hero, and also the land of Termina ceases, oh. ceases to exist, actually, according to Historia. Speaking of which, there's a series on YouTube by a YouTuber known as Major Link. I don't know if you've heard it, but it's heard of it or seen any of it. It's called A Hero's Purpose. And it's it's a story of the Link that goes back in time after saving Hyrule, you know, the hero of time. This Link, as an adult, 
going back and paying a visit to Zelda and like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. It's on YouTube actually. If you want, I can show it to you once we're done recording here, and you'll kind of get into it because it made me cry the first time I watched like the first couple episodes of it. There, there's like seven of them I think right now, and they're all like forty five minutes apiece. And this dude like animated everything. It looks so good, dude. His I... name's his name's Major Link. Like, go look it up. It's like what I would want a Legend of Zelda show to be like. Dude, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check it out or, or send the link later or something. Like, I'm, I'm yeah, I'll link the link. <laughs> so, yes, uh, Link the hero was no longer remembered as a hero, um, although he continued to be heroic even in Termina. So, oh, yeah. hundreds of years later, after the events of Majora's Mask in the new timeline, um, we see. Uh, Hyrule blanketed in twilight and this is where we actually get to we actually have a scene that, that flashback that, that shows the events that occurred after uh, Gan or when Ganondorf was uh, during his attempted execution um, and he gets banished to the twilight realm and the events of the game um, start there right yeah we're also introduced to a lot of lore like this uh, interloper tribe which who would become the twilight um, we don't hear much of them before or since, but there are a lot of theories um, about who they might be or, or if they have any kind of role in the other games of, of the series, but officially, no. Um, also, another fantastic story. Sky, uh, Twi Twilight Princess was really, really, really good. Um, and again, explains... Uh, this is the same Ganondorf from uh, Ocarina of Time, He's just been uh, in the Twilight Realm all this time. Um, interestingly enough, because in the previous timeline he had obtained the Triforce of Power, he is able to, during his attempted execution, awaken that power again, showing that some powers, like the Triforce, transcend time. Um, oh, yeah. Transcend timelines. And so because he had acquired the Triforce of Power in a different time, he's able to now, unexpectedly. And that prevents him from being executed and I guess gives him some form of longevity uh, or immortality. So he comes back up in the uh, events of the, the present and Twilight Princess, um, attempts to take over Hyrule again, and Link kills him. This is, this is the first uh, documented death of, of Ganondorf in our timeline. Yeah, and it's brutal too. It's very dark the way they do it. Yes, I swear, and, Link stabs him in the exact same spot that the the priest stabbed him in Arbiter's Grounds. Very dark, very dark. And this is interesting because in this timeline, the original games can't take place because Ganondorf never, um, because Ganondorf was executed here, and he was locked in the tw Twilight Realm up until all that time. Um, so he can't have become the Ganon that we see in Zelda 1 and 2 and in A Link to the Past. Or I guess Zelda 1 and A Link to the Past. Um, yeah. Aren't Zelda 1 and a Zelda 2 in the defeated timeline? Yes, in the downfall, which we'll get to it here in a minute. Um, but the, the uh, child timeline that we're currently in. Interestingly enough, Twilight Princess, which has an adult Link, is in the child timeline, and The Wind Waker, which has Link as a child, is in the adult timeline. 
Yeah, it makes complete sense. Love it. Um, after this, we do get Four Swords Adventures. So the reason this happens is because Ganondorf dies in this timeline, but Hyrule is not flooded. Um, and so that's why we get a reincarnation. And the reason why this Ganondorf is a reincarnation and, and the first known reincarnation of Ganondorf is because he has a different backstory than is explained. There are some contradictions between his backstory and that of that we saw in Ocarina of Time. So this Ganondorf is actually a reincarnation, and that's why this game, Four Swords Adventures, actually takes place after Twilight Princess because it's the only place in the timeline where... Um, where that can happen. Ganondorf has to die to be reincarnated, and therefore, and also Ganondorf um, does not, uh, is not in a uh, Hyrule that's underwater. And the Ganon that we see in the era, or in the Downfall timeline also wouldn't work. So this is the only place that Four Swords Adventures works. Somehow, the Four Sword and the legend of it persisted through all this time, despite not being mentioned in the other games. Um, it is a bit of an odd placement because you would expect Four Swords Adventures to be after the Minish Cap and Four Swords, but it's actually here because of that very fact. What would be cool is if they did another set of like legendary weapons that Link could use and they could make it to where the Four Sword, you know, and three other very specific type of weapons kind of give the Master Sword its power. Ooh. Because it, it's the Master Sword, it's the Blade of Evil's Bane, but other than the Goddess who has probably got her hands full with a bunch of other stuff going on, including, but not limited to, trying to prevent the resurrection of Ganondorf. Why couldn't it get its source of power from these other weapons? That would kind of give a more more fulfilling explanation to where these wep this weapon comes from. Because like, I like the Four Sword, but it just doesn't feel as prominent. Yeah. You know? And the Four Sword was originally the Picari Blade in the Minish Cap, and was some legendary weapon then it was reforged. Yeah. But. This man said Picori Blade. Is it P Picori? Picori. I believe it's Picori, but I'm in no position to correct you because literally. <laughs> you know what? We can find out, actually, because all we have to do, do is look at the original Japanese, and we can actually know for sure. Um, or we're both wrong, and it's Pisori. Just kidding. All right. So let me see. Does Zelda Wiki have nomenclature? Yep. So the Japanese is Pikoru. So Pikoru. It, it actually should be Pikoru or Pikor, but they, I guess they change it to, to Pikori. But that gives you a general basis of how it's supposed to be pronounced. Um, it is P Pikori. Yep. Pikori. Pikori. Or, I, or, or Pikori. I, honestly, I really like the Pikori. I, I really wish they would give more story and i wish we could get another 2d game like that's that's what i feel like needs to come next we need a 2d game to kind of hold us over because i'm not i don't dislike tears of the kingdom but i am slightly disappointed by you know the lack of originality in everything other than you know the actual story yeah but that, that's another hill I, I swear to god i'll die on i i know what you mean um, and, and I, I, I do agree with you in, in, in some respects there, but, um, let's see what were we talking about. Okay. Yeah. So four swords adventures, that's actually the end of the child timeline. So moving on in the timeline that link abandoned the original yeah. timeline, so to speak, um, everything turns to shit. Ganondorf is sealed away in this variant of the imprisoning war. And, um, 
several hundred years. And, sorry, the intro to the Wind Waker happens. So, so at some point, some unspecified point later, Ganondorf breaks free of the seal, but there is no hero. And the hero time has vanished, and evidently the reincarnation thing isn't working if this takes place later. Um, it's, it's not clear when or how far after, but the goddesses have to step in. They have to intervene. The goddesses that created Hyrule, and uh, they, the three of them have to uh, flood the world. Or actually, I think, I think the Wind Waker doesn't specify it was those specific three goddesses, does it? I think no, the they, just, they just specify that they flood the world of Hyrule away to you know, prevent Ganondorf. But he still, you know, rises up anyway to take over and take control, given the fact that, you know, he's going around kidnapping this when the Wind Worker takes place. He goes around kidnapping young girls that look resemble the princess. Right, right, exactly. So we then we get the Wind Waker hundreds of years later, um, at around the same time the Twilight Princess would occur, and uh, the world is flooded, and that's why everything takes place on the Great Sea. And in the uh, Wind Waker, at the very end of the game, this has some profound implications on where games can be placed thereafter. Uh, the King of Hyrule, King Daphne's Nohansen Hyrule, um, or the King of Red Lions, uh, makes uh, wishes upon the Triforce that it be sealed away forever. Which might explain why it's not present in Breath of the Wild. If, if Watch uh, away this ancient land of Hyrule. Yep, and Ganondorf is also killed again. He's turned into stone and left on the bottom of the sea. He could, I guess he could be alive. It could be cool if they brought him back from that somehow. Like, he comes back, you know, and he's like, he's just been kind of like, like, just like petrified. But as far as we know, he's dead in that timeline too. Um, and then Link and Tetra, who is the uh, the new Zelda, not still not sure how that works because she wasn't named Zelda at birth, but she's somehow still Zelda. Maybe she yeah. was actually named Zelda at birth, and that was like her secret name or something. They don't they don't really talk about it. They're just like, yeah, you're Zelda. Um, anyway, yeah, they do really kind of just throw a wrench in there and like, hey, by the way, this is Zelda. They by found, the way, Danielle uh, called that shit out, by the way. When she watched me play through the Wind Waker, and she oh called yeah? that. Second she saw Tetra, she's like, oh, look, there's Zelda. Nice. I was like, damn it. Was like, damn it. High five, yeah, Danielle. <laughs> oh. I, can't, I can't wait to meet her, man. She's oh, so cool. It's, it's going to be a great time, and we're going to have an absolute blast. And then I'm going to fucking Jamaica with her, and we're going to yes. eat all the food. Nice. Ugh. Fucking a man, I'm, I'm I'm so excited to go to your wedding. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm yawning, bro. Oh god. Okay, so moving on, let's kind of I guess we'll fast track through the rest of this so we can actually get going into like the discussion part of this. Um, so Link and Tetra slash Zelda establish a new Hyrule. Um, we see some events. Uh, the Phantom Hourglass is a direct sequel to The Wind Waker, involves the same Lincoln Tetra and some events that happened later, but no bearing on the timeline as a whole, so we'll leave it out of discussion. Phantom Hourglass happens. Uh, the, the most notable thing about that is that it does take place in, a, in that new Hyrule. It is the only game that we know to take place in new Hyrule. Um, 
And, uh, yeah, it features a new Link in Zelda, who's actually a Zelda, some hundred-odd years later. I think a hundred years later, because some of the... Uh, I think Nico is still alive, that fucking bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nico, I've never played Phantom Hourglass, too. What? So, yeah, bro. I couldn't stand the controls. Did you play Spirit Tracks? Nope. That's right. I think he told me. Dude, th- those games are actually, like, I know the fandom hates on them. But they're Zelda games. They're still really fucking good. The fandom is just pretty hard on it because of what else we've had. But the stylus controls. The stylus controls are fun. Like the touch controls are actually really good. Um, it's just some of the mechanics of the game are are, are kind of a uh, are kind of an issue for a lot of people. Uh, namely, the <coughs> the Temple of the Ocean King. Um, the Spirit Tower is is actually vastly improves on that. But I never really minded either, to be honest with you. I thought Temple it was of a the fun Ocean King. Temple of the Ocean King. That sounds like a really bomb ass dungeon title, actually. Yeah, it's that central dungeon that you keep returning to, but like you only have like the time left in the Phantom Hourglass. So uh, there's a time limit on, and then after that you start taking damage. But the time nor damage occur when you're in a safe zone. Some of this might be coming back to you because I'm sure you at least got this far. Um, no, I know. I, know I played like the very, very beginning, like the first five minutes, and I just really. Stopped. Okay. Well, I was a little kid, and I didn't understand why it felt so shitty. Okay. And I just never went back to it. Fair enough. The controls are actually really good, in my opinion. Spirit Tracks is even better, because um, they implemented a double tap instead of a weird swirly thing to do the, the, the roll. Uh, but there's a trick to it. Anyway, um, both games are controlled entirely by stylus, and they're actually a lot of fun. I definitely, I actually do recommend them. We will be doing an episode. I'd love to do a two-part episode on the two, because they work together. Thank you.
Um, moving on. So those take place at the end of the quote-unquote adult timeline in the new Hyrule. So now the, the question is, is where do the original games take place? Zelda 1, Zelda 2, Link's, A Link to the Past, and Link's Awakening, is also the Oracle games. Where do those actually take place? Because they can't be in the original timeline and they can't be in the new timeline. The, the, They're the, in... Go okay, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say they take place when Link is killed by Ganon at the end of Ocarina of Time. So this is the part that Nintendo, I think, added after the fact. And that's okay, because I think it's the best way to explain that. Um, because, I mean, obviously, like I said, there's been a running timeline throughout these games. And the games reference each other, even the non-direct sequel ones. So anyway, in a timeline where... No time travel involved, but Link dies, specifically during the final battle against Ganon. Um, instead, the sages seal away Ganon, as was uh, described in the depiction of the uh, imprisoning war in A Link to the Past. And uh, Ganon is sealed away. In this timeline, he's permanently Ganon. He's because... Remember, in Ocarina of Time, at the very end of the game, he transforms into Ganon. Um, the, uh, the child timeline reverses that, so that never happened. In the adult timeline, um, he was sealed away, but um, he was able to regain his form as human Ganon. But in the downfall timeline, um, he is permanently Ganon, just the beast, the pig Ganon, the blue pig. Um, the downfall timeline is where everything turned to shit. The kingdom of Hyrule actually began to erode, as we later see. So, starting at the beginning of the downfall timeline, we have A Link to the Past. Um, not a whole lot to say about it, because we kind of went into it earlier, but obviously, uh, this is a version of Link and Zelda. They face off first against uh, Agonim, or Aghanim? I, Agonim. Aghanim. Aghanim. Um, who is a puppet of Ganon, and then Link uh, fights Ganon and rescues Zelda. There's, uh, there's the six sages or the seven sages and everything, although in the original translation, they were the seven wise men. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, the seven sages, including Zelda, and uh, everything's hunky-dory, I guess. Link goes and fucks off to Koholint Island, which was all a dream in Link's Awakening, now, originally, the Oracle games actually took place between A Link to the Past and Link's Awakening in the Hyrule Historia timeline. Um, there are a couple issues with this. I believe like a, a big part of it was something about the Triforce being split or not split. Um, can't recall the specifics of it. Also, the thing that bothered me is that I know this is minor, but Link wears no tights in A Link to the Past. He wears tights in the Oracle games, and then he wears no tights in Link's Awakening. So, to me, I just couldn't accept the fact that the Oracle games took place in between. Also, it was the most flimsy reasoning, because at the end of the Oracle games, we see Link off on a, a journey, on like a raft or something, and so some people thought that that meant that, that, that Link's Awakening had to take place after. That's been retconned. The Zelda timeline, by the way, may continue to evolve. That's something that's, that, that was told by Nintendo, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So um, things may change. And so that was one change. So 
Uh, Link's Awakening, so originally the Oracle games were the same Link, now they're not. Link's Awakening is the direct sequel to A Link to the Past, same Link. He fucks off in a dream world, meets this girl named Marin. She doesn't actually exist. Boo-hoo, the windfish wakes up. Um, and then the Oracle games take place. Um, Ganon is actually resurrected because he was killed in A Link to the Past again. Um, Ganon is resurrected if you play the secret ending of those two games. Oh, dude, so good. When you when you link the Oracle games together and you play like a, a I guess it's a main link game. Uh-huh. It's so good, dude. You, I highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah, the linked game. I, I actually haven't beat either one of the games. I've gotten quite a bit of the ways through Oracle of Ages, but I have not played um, very much of Oracle of Seasons, and I certainly haven't played a linked game yet. Um, I would love to. Nintendo, please do a remake of the Oracle games, Link's Awakening style, please. Yeah, dude, they really, they really need to, they really need to remake the Oracle games, and they need to fully remaster. Um, I guess for the next Nintendo console, they need to remaster Ocarina of Time. Like, give it a full 3D remaster. Yeah, not no. On the, not on the DS. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think, uh, we, we, yeah, I'd love to see it on a bigger screen because, like, Ocarina of Time 3D is, like, the definitive version of the game in every way except for the fact that it takes place on a tiny-ass screen. So if we were to get an upgraded remaster slash remake of that, perfect. In fact, Ocarina of Time 3D as it is is pretty perfect. I wouldn't want to mess with it too much. Just upscale the graphics, and we're good. Majora's Mask 3D, let's make some changes. Um, the Wind Waker HD, Perfect. Upscale it, port it to Switch. Twilight Princess, meh, maybe add a bit more. Upscale it, port it to Switch. <laughs> dude, oh, yeah, dude. Make it make it look like Tears of the Kingdom. Because that's one thing Tears of the Kingdom does have going for it, is it looks fucking beautiful. It really does, dude. I can't wait to talk about it here. Um, so <laughs> let's fast track this. So um, everything basically turns to shit after the Oracle games, I guess. The Kingdom of Hyrule goes into a period of decline. Um, Ganondorf comes, or Ganon comes back. And uh, yeah, and, and the events of the original Legend of Zelda and then Zelda 2 occur which does establish a uh, tradition of Hyrule and this other version of Zelda that uh, is actually the ancestor of the original and uh, because they had a, a tradition of naming their princesses Zelda. By the way, that's the only time that this is confirmed to happen. So stop using that as like a, a thing that happens all across the timeline because we don't know that it does. It's just a good theory because it happened in one timeline. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so... That's the end of the Zelda timeline, except we haven't gotten into Breath of the Wild yet. Um, well, we have, because we explained that everything in all three timelines at some point happens. And, and I think that's why I call Breath of the Wild a convergence, because if it can happen in any timeline, that means it happened in all of them. Yep, it's kind of like the Zeldaverse theory. And I kind of see it as, again, this transcendent time powers that work and make things just happen. And so fate will happen. And so I think that all the events of every timeline happen or something at least similarly enough to them to become part of legend. And so at some point, every Hyrule um, is or was thought to be um, flooded, blanketed in twilight and into a period of decline. Um, and then 
whatever hundreds of years it takes place, thousands of years it takes place to get to that, add 10,000 years after that, and we have Breath of the Wild. <laughs> oh, so many years. Side note, 10,000, uh, as I recall, the kanji for 10,000 in Japanese can also be taken to mean a million or any arbitrarily long, large number. So 10,000 years is not like a, like a definite thing, but I guess the localized, in the localized version of it, it is. But in the Japanese version, if I'm understanding the Japanese language correctly, it could be any number of years. Yeah, you're right. Any arbitrarily large number. So Breath of the Wild is kind of a reset point in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, I would think that Breath of the Wild kind of just allowed Nintendo to take a step back and say, okay, what do we want to do with this series? Because we're running out of ideas for linear gameplay. We need a new fresh start, but we also need to make this make sense. And I think one thing that they did was probably the perfect thing that they did. And I think I mentioned this in our Breath of the Wild episode, but Breath of the Wild kind of basically appealed to both fans of the timeline and and people who hated it. And basically said, it all doesn't matter now. Because at some point everything happens and it doesn't really matter which timeline Breath of the Wild takes place in. And a lot of Yeah, ways, which when they did that, it kind of made me feel like the timeline was worthless to begin with. But they wanted to give somebody an answer. They were kind of going that direction with, you know, Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time, and Majora's Mask. And then they started releasing all these 2D games with completely different stories. And it just made me feel like they stopped caring about it at a certain point. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And I think part of me was also a little bit disappointed. But that being said, I mean, I, I think it does allow Nintendo a certain a, a amount of freedom because it means that they can make any Zelda game and they don't have to worry too much about where it places in the timeline because historically they haven't, right? They've just yeah, kind of they, like developed the game and then they've retroactively fitted it in there. Yep. And I... I which kind of gives me a little bit of hope for the direction of the series, considering that Tears of the Kingdom is a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild. The last time they did that was Phantom Hourglass. And yeah. a lot of people received that game very well. I've never personally played it myself, and I probably should. But yeah. it makes me feel like they kind of did a hard reset so that they could tell one giant majestic story. I just realized I didn't place a link between worlds. Um it's, well, that's basically a reimagining of A Link to the Past, right? Except it, with Yuga instead of Aghanim. It takes place some odd, hundred odd some years after A Link to the Past, so the world is still mostly the same, but enough time for Link die, to die and a new reincarnation to appear. So, enough time for Link to die. So in the Perfect. downfall timeline after uh, the Oracle, after or before the Oracle games, I don't think it really matters too much. Um, it's connected to that, that side, and it's before the original Legend of Zelda. Um, yeah. Anyway, Tears of the Kingdom as a direct sequel. Okay, so we knew coming in that Tears of the Kingdom was going to be uh, the uh, direct sequel to the Breath of the Wild. It takes place after it. And surprisingly enough, uh, story-wise, that doesn't really seem to have much of an effect. Yeah. It's kind of a standalone story because it does feature the same Link and Zelda, and it does take place after. And some and characters... the same characters. ...remember Link and ref ref reference him, but... I feel like the game is, is user friendly enough that it doesn't uh, it doesn't really rely a whole lot on what happened in Tears of the Kingdom, and that's a good thing. Yeah, and actually, Which, most Zelda sequels are the same way. Actually, <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. But 
you know, I don't. Do you think they'll do a third game, or do you think that they kind of, I, you know, closed it with Tears of the Kingdom? It leaves it open, but I think ultimately Nintendo's probably going to move on to something else. Um, I think that would work favorably for them, since Tears of the Kingdom is already kind of unfairly compared, and and, and you know, it, it's seen as. Uh, maybe not even unfairly, fairly, you know, very similar to Breath of the Wild, more so than yeah, a lot yeah. of sequel games have been, right? Um, yeah, like it. It the more I play it, the more it does feel like DLC. But at the same time, it completely different abilities, you know, completely different story, uh, different ways to approach the same world. Right. So it's just, but it's a, it's a lot to think about. Here's the hot topic: Does it break the timeline? I don't think so. I think it, I think this can be explained. You just have to apply some modicum of sense to to it, as you always have with the Zelda timeline before Nintendo fed fed it to us. I I think that Tears of the Kingdom makes its own timeline because we've stated that Breath of the Wild is kind of like a convergence. You could argue that Tears of the Kingdom kind of sets what really happened, while the rest of the game while the rest of the games could simply be legend. Right. So. The main problem here is not the placement of Tears of the Kingdom, because we know that it takes place after Breath of the Wild, the present events. But it's the placement of the events of the Dragon Tears quest. Oh. Uh, some 10,000 plus years in the past, where Zelda becomes part of history. And by the way, the, the, it is a time loop, so the Ouroboros does make sense in the end. But uh, that, that's in the Tears of the Kingdom logo. But uh, because we see the light dragon in the very beginning of the game. So Zelda always travels to the past. Zelda is always a part of that past. The past that Link knows, at least in this version of the timeline, always had Zelda in it. Yep. That's important to mention because um, time travel works differently depending on, like, depending on the game, even, even within the same game. Um, Ocarina of Time both has a divergent timeline, a, type, a, a alternate timeline method of time travel, but also the immutable time loop slash bootstrap paradox with the Song of Storms. <laughs> and and well, that, that's similar to the way that it works with Zelda in Tears of the Kingdom. It, those events always occurred. Um, so, but the question is, is, where does that take place? Because when we first played through the game, we actually agreed that this must take place somewhere between Skyward Sword and Ocarina of Time, or even before the Minish Cap, you could say, because um, this the, Rar, the King Raru and Queen Sonia are introduced as the very first king and queen of Hyrule. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you could I would think that it takes place between Skyward Sword and Ocarina of Time, because... Skyloft comes to Hyrule, they create this new Hyrule, and then boom, you know, eventually they meet the Zonai, and the Zonai kind of convene with the Hylians, and apparent, uh, eventually, you know, Raru meets Sonya. They have, you know, you know, they come together, they rule Hyrule. This, I feel like this would be after the passing of Link and Zelda, though, um, and then the events of Tears of the Kingdom happen, you know. That, that's where I feel. I feel like Tears of the Kingdom is in between Skyward Sword and Ocarina of Time while also being at the very end of it. Originally, I thought so. But 
then there are some issues. So Tears of the Kingdom introduces a new Ganondorf. This is not the same Ganondorf as Ocarina of Time. That's fine. We know that Ganondorf can reincarnate. Just because it's usually been the same Ganondorf slash Ganon doesn't mean it always is. Four Swords Adventures featured a reincarnation. Ganondorf himself is a reincarnation of Demise. So I'd be content to believe that this actually was the first known Ganondorf. Um, and that the uh, Ganondorf that we see in Ocarina Time undergoes very similar events, but not quite the same. There's an imprisoning war, but it's not the same thing at all. There's a different set of sages. The circumstances are different. Um, some people, in fact, felt that because of this, this was actually a retelling of the timeline. I actually personally disagree with that. But I can see, I can see where that's you know, kind of come into play, going back to like the whole like legend theory and the fact that Breath of the Wild establishes that it's not known what is fact versus what is legend. But we definitely know that if, if we consider this one cohesive timeline or, or set of timelines, um, then the imprisoning war, you know, there, there has to be at least two different events known as the imprisoning war. But history repeats itself. We know this is something that happens and has happened in the Zelda timeline. Um, but there are some problems, because if this is the Ganondorf that, um, the, the reincarnation of Ganondorf before the one in Ocarina of Time and the rest of the games that are connected to it, then how did he reincarnate? Because this version of Ganondorf was sealed away. That's what, the, that's what happens in the Imprisoning War. But he's not dead. He's dormant for thousands of years. Um, how is he able to reincarnate? The game explains that Calamity Ganon is an um, effect of his malice leaking out and working on its own. And by the way, Calamity Ganon was explained at one point as um, Ganondorf reincarnating so many times that he was just pure Calamity. Yeah, he just, he just gave up. He gave up reincarnation and just assumed a pure form of malice and hatred. Yeah. And... Um, well, which actually, I think specifically that's Dark Beast Ganon. And, and we can wreck on the fact that that's applied to Calamity Ganon because Tears of the Kingdom establishes that um, that's his, that Ganondorf's um, malice leaking out. But beside the point, Ganondorf can't reincarnate if he's sealed away. One other problem, the Rito exists at this point in the timeline that Tears of the Kingdom talks about. Um, the Rito exist and look exactly like they do in Tears of the Kingdom, uh, or sorry, in Breath of the Wild and, and Tears of the Kingdom. Um, the Rito were evolutions of the Zora, and that occurred in the uh, in in the adult timeline, which we can we can assume that at some point in every timeline it happened, but it it didn't occur after Skyward Sword and before Ocarina of Time. The, You're the, right. Holy shit. I mean, and we could say, okay, so maybe the Rito are like a thing that continually repeats itself and like somehow they happen. And these ones happen to look exactly like the ones do in Breath of the Wild slash Tears of the Kingdom present. And maybe Ganondorf's malice, if it can leak out, maybe it can reincarnate and become a human Gan or Gerudo being Ganondorf. Maybe. But I think it's simpler to just assume that Tears of the Kingdom does not take place um, in the same 
uh, framework of timelines. But in fact, in all of those hundreds and thousands of years that exist between the end of each respective timeline and Breath of the Wild, which we know enough time passed for there to be some kind of futuristic civilization, right? Yeah, absolutely. Also at the beginning of the timeline prior to Skyward Sword, <laughs> as it happens. <laughs> oh, God. It gets more confusing the more you dig into it, but it also gets cool. Because it's just... Oh, they've been, you, feel, you know they've been planning this since the very first game. Yeah, like big, 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 yeah, definitely. But parts of it, like the timeline, you know, like it's, it's incredible. Um, but yeah, we know that enough time has passed for that to happen. So, and we know that in at least the adult timeline, and for assuming that all of these events eventually repeat themselves or thought to have repeated themselves in each timeline, that eventually a new Hyrule is established. So, why can't we just say that Raru and Sonya? Are the uh, are, are are the uh, the first king and queen of a new Hyrule? Oh, and that the events like the the imprisoning war and all of that repeated itself again just hundreds and thousands of years later. Yeah, and it makes sense. So that's one possibility. Another possibility is that. Uh, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom take place on their own timeline. That's what I think. I feel like I, I I swear up and down that Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are their own thing, and the rest of the games aside from Skyward Sword, because that's how the Master Sword came to be, and they placed it in the Sacred Grove once they you know came down to Hyrule. I believe that Skyward Sword, Breath of the Wild, and Tears of the Kingdom are their own thing, and the rest of the games are simply legend. It's definitely possible. And if we consider, you know, certain possibilities like, you know, if Link can die in Ocarina of Time and split a separate timeline, what happens in any other game where he dies? There, there are so many points that we can split off from, or we can just say that it's its own timeline, which makes a lot of sense considering the fact that Tears of the Kingdom seems to retell events. Um, there are seven sages, or six sages, technically, but if you count Raru, there's seven. You know, um, but there, there's the sages and there's the imprisoning war. And so these events are retold and are a little bit different. And for people who like the, it's all a legend theory and it's just retellings and, you know, they're going to, they're going to like that idea as well. And that we can just accept that this is just some separate timeline. One theory I heard was really interesting. Um, there's actually a point that we could think that this split off from. So recall the events of Skyward Sword at the end of the game, Link uh, travels back into Link kills Demise in the present before he resurrects or revives himself. Right? I, I actually don't think that Link is the one that kills him. I think Demise is, or I think Gearham is the one that delivers the final blow. But in, in, in the present timeline, it uh, Demise dies as a result of Skyloft falling on top of oh, him. Right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Right. But then, but yeah. then Girahim goes back in the past, I think this is where you were going, and tries to change events and creates what we could assume is a separate timeline where um, Demise was revived in the distant past because he had already died in, in the present and there was no hope. So there's a separate timeline here where potentially Skyfall doesn't fall down to her. This man said Skyfall. We're ready to watch some James Bond. Skyloft doesn't fall down to Earth. 
Do you see where I'm going with this? Absolutely. Yeah. The Great Sky Island is oddly reminiscent of Skyfield or Sky Skyrim. I might as well just call it Skyrim at this point. <laughs> Skyloft. Hey, that's Danielle's favorite game. It is it is a great game. And it has the champion's tunic and the master sword and the Hylian shield. No, that's a mod. Get that shit out of here. No, it's not a mod. It's in the Nintendo Switch version. I played it. Oh, oh really? Yes, sir. Pretty cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just had to. I'm sorry. <laughs> it said, uh, I played it. I played it. <laughs> I had to do something because it pro- it probably didn't look great on the Nintendo Switch. It was fine. I played it. We did it for our Skyrim episode on the podcast, uh, which I did with Megan, which we did for, I think, our anniversary special a few seasons ago. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I, know that, uh-huh. I know that when Elder Scrolls 6 comes out, we're definitely going to have to get Danielle on that. Dude, totally. Kind of wish we had her on the Skyrim episode, man. That would have been cool. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, when, I, when we played that game, I played it on Switch, actually, that time. And it was fine. I didn't have any issues with it. It played as well as it did on the Xbox 360, which was the last time I had played it. <laughs> you know what? You know what would have been really cool? Uh-huh. If Skyloft, Skyloft, if the Great Sky Island is just an abandoned Skyloft. That's what I'm saying. What if? Oh, okay. Uh, well, no, I'm th- I'm thinking, where is Sky Keep? Hmm. Would that be the Temple of Time, or the Garden of Time? Uh, hmm. It's something like to the think about. You think it's something to think about something to think about yeah so that's a theory this uh breath of the wild timeline could be the abandoned timeline where uh or i guess the new timeline that girahim created but we know that link travels back to their original timeline not to this new present because things are exactly the way that they left them so either that or i think in, in skyward sword we may have assumed that link uh was able to alter the past back to its original, and so there was no new timeline. But there is. There's a new timeline where Link and uh, Link and Zelda and Girahim were not a part of before, um, or at least not those versions of them. And uh, yeah, so that's another p- theory, and uh, I think it's a it's a fine theory that uh, the Breath of the Wild timeline is there, and and therefore uh, Skyloft stayed up and and became the Great Sky Island. Mm-hmm. it's pretty cool it's a possibility so obviously i mean i think at some point nintendo will probably provide an answer on this i like that they're releasing games and just kind of letting us think about it like letting yeah, us do I, watch them do it beyond you and i our lives ash it's like we're 90 and we're still waiting on an answer <laughs> they, they got back to us about breath of the wild and it was actually in line with what I thought it was. It's just, you know, it's just a different way of kind of explaining that. Uh, my answer was was that it's a convergence and that it takes place in all timelines. Nintendo's was that it takes place in any timeline. And I took that to mean that it basically affirmed what I thought, which was that it's basically a convergence. It's like it, it this occurs, this event occurs in all of the timelines. But we can now accept that maybe it's a separate timeline. And so that could explain how every single event of the other three timelines somehow made its way into the breath of the wild timeline or, or possibly made its way was because I think one of the, one of the chief explanations is that the history of Hyrule is, is 
you know, it's not known what's reality and what's legend. Yeah. And I think that that's cool. I think that it's it's probably a good idea if Nintendo keeps it somewhat ambiguous even. Oh, yeah. Let us play with the ideas for a little bit. But I think they've finally gotten to the point where they're starting to tell the actual story. And they're feeding us breadcrumbs. So and question, we're eating them. So the question is, is where will the next Zelda game take place in the timeline? Oh, probably in the hero is defeated. I'm just kidding. I, I think it, the most likely thing, if they're doing a brand new Zelda game, which they should, um, is that uh, it's just a new story, probably in the Breath of the Wild timeline, or maybe it's kept ambiguous, so it really could occur anywhere. Um maybe finally move away from like the Ganon story and try doing something different with a new antagonist and actually committing to it and making it a mainline Zelda entry. Yeah. Or make a 3d game with Vati. Seriously. The possibilities are endless. And obviously I'm talking about like the next like major release before that we'll get another, uh, we'll, we'll get another Zelda game, which I think the best thing to do would be to make like a traditional style Zelda game, maybe even a 2D one, like you said. Hey, I would love that. Obviously, you know, some remakes and remasters and ports are on the table, so they can go for that. They can do a sequel to one of the existing games. I would love to see a um, open world like breath of the wild style sequel to majora's mask that's my like fantasy or um the uh or, or uh twilight princess or i had a fun idea of like remaking the first two zelda games in like an open world style but obviously that's not what would come next what would come next would be yeah probably like i think the next thing we'll see is either a spinoff slash crossover or um a remake or a traditional Zelda title, um, probably 2D, maybe 3D, that that follows the traditional formula that's considered kind of like a side game. What would have released on a handheld, but because the Nintendo Switch is both a console and a handheld is the same thing. And then in like several years, we'll get like the actual like next Zelda game, like major release. And I think that'll be something brand new in an open world uh, formula. You know me. I'm ready for it. But as for where it will take place, like I said, you know, it, that could be anywhere. It could, the Breath of the Wild timeline is nice because it, there's a lot of freedom there and not having to tie it to what's happened in the last games. Like I said, Breath of the Wild was probably the best thing Nintendo could have done for the franchise at the time because it allowed them to effectively reboot the timeline. And I know that I'm, you and I are a little unhappy that, it, that the past of it was discarded, but it's nice that like Nintendo can return to that if they want, but they're not beholden to it. They can kind of go wherever they want. Well, sorry, I'm yawning. All right, so, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I have no idea where the hell they're going to take this, but the fact that I have no idea, but I'm still invested and excited means they're doing more than enough. Exactly, dude. Exactly. So yeah, I think that just about covers it. You basically just it destroyed all of that description. I was just kind of sitting here taking out that information in. So <laughs> I thought I knew a lot about the timeline, and then this man's just like, here you go. I'm sorry, I'm very, very passionate about this. 
stuff. <laughs> like this was this is the episode I was waiting for. Um, well, Zach, um, any, any thoughts as a whole on uh, the Zelda timeline or my interpretation of it? I thought your interpretation of it was very very tastefully done. It was kind of like a lecture on the timeline of Zelda. And I kind of pitched in when I could, but at the same time, I just kind of sat there listening because I was like, wow, I haven't really taken the time to think that deeply into it. Um, Man, I spent but... years doing it. My fucking autistic self. <laughs> uh, I think... I think that the timeline was a bit of a mess, but now that they've taken the time to kind of rein it in and kind of bottleneck it a little bit, I am excited to see where it goes. Yeah, and I mean, it's always been a mess. Nintendo has a history of putting gameplay before story and past that individual story over coherent timeline story. So, and that's always going to take precedence, and that's why they make great games with great stories because they don't think how can we fit this into our existing timeline first from a story perspective? They think, how can we make the most fun game and how can we make an engaging story to go along with that game that stands on its own and we can find a way to fit it into what we've been doing. And I think sometimes that idea does start from somewhere else. You know, let's take Ocarina of Time and let's see what happens if we're thrown into a world, if we're thrown back into that abandoned timeline where... You know, and, and, and show like some kind of dystopian Hyrule, in this case, a flooded Hyrule. Um, or what happens if we go back to where we originally did and just show what, what would have happened nat hundreds of years later in this original timeline? I think that that's where a lot, some of this starts. But I think for the most part, you know, they, they just kind of like, they think, you know, how can I make this gameplay concept work and how can I translate that? And I think Nintendo's doing a bang up job of it. Somehow, despite the fact that they're not prioritizing story, they're delivering fantastic stories. And despite the fact that they're not even beholding those fantastic stories to their own chronology, they're still able to kind of make it all fit together. And it's not perfect, but it never has been. And the fact that they went out of their way at all to affirm fans and give them an answer is amazing. Oh, yeah. I, now all we got to do is get Metroid Prime 4 and see what the hell they're doing with that story. <laughs> At least the Metroid timeline's a little less confusing. We just have, like, games out of order. Like, the Metroid Prime games take place between Metroid 1 and 2. And uh, Fusion's at the end of the timeline, but now Dread is. But, like, everything, you, you know... Do you think... I'm so sorry. Do you think that Prime 4 will take place between 1 and 2, or do you think that'll be its own separate thing? I kind of think it'll be its own separate thing. I think it will relate to the story of the other Prime games in some ways. So they can carry on the name of Metroid Prime. That's been something that's been consistent throughout the trilogy is that Metroid Prime is an entity in all of them. So I think if there was some way to still connect it to the story of the original games but take place somewhere else in the timeline, that would be perfect. Either that. Either that or Nintendo just called it Metroid Prime 4 to let us know that we're getting another 3D Zelda. Or 3D Metroid. <laughs> and uh, Other M is not canon. No, it's not. It doesn't Thank need God. it. Thank <laughs> God. that game sucks. Ah, it's technically still canon, and I hate it. But we're going to say it's not canon. And uh, I don't think that Nintendo is ever going to speak of Other M again, so it's okay. We can just say it's not canon. No, nah, no. Nah. Team Ninja shit the bed, and they know it. 
Yeah, yeah. I used. I can't believe I used to defend that game, and then we played it, and we were like, "No, this." Is we awful. both played it. We were like, "This shit is awful." We both defended it. We were both like, "Yeah, it wasn't that bad." I'm excited to play this, and then we played it for the podcast, and we were both like, "No, that was hot garbage." That that was dog shit. <laughs> well, shit, man. I I really appreciate you, you know, being willing to do this because, like, this is a, this is awesome, and it makes me excited for future Zelda stuff. I know for a fact. That we will eventually get DLC for Tears of the Kingdom, and they'll include some more story in that. I'm looking forward to that, and, you know, until next time, brother. Hell yeah. Well, we'll have all of our plugs in the show notes, as usual. But you can find Collateral Gaming wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Patreon as well, because we do have exclusive Let's Play video game commentaries. Um, Once I get a hold of a capture card, I'd love to add some more. And, uh... Yeah, uh, stay tuned for season six of, excuse me, season six of Collateral Gaming. We just ended season five with our two-part episode on Tears of the Kingdom. Part one is spoiler-free, part two full of spoilers. Of course, you've gotten some spoilers in this episode, so uh, yeah, that, that's probably not too important, or we hope it's not. Um, no, I mean, it's kind of your fault if you stuck around this far, but we do appreciate it. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, uh, I think this was a fun episode. I've been wanting to do this for a while, and I know that we didn't really get to talk about the timeline placement in our Tears of the Kingdom episodes, and I wanted to. Um, I I think there's still more Tears of the Kingdom content to release. Um, I wanted, to, I think we wanted to do a boss rankings episode. Maybe we can put, put the, uh, fit that in probably next season. Yeah, I would say we should do the boss ranking episode after we get this inevitable DLC. Ooh, maybe even wait on it or yeah. or do the boss ranking episode and then come back and, and actually just talk about the DLC, because I, I would love to do probably probably a bonus round just focusing on the DLC. You're right, but we'll see. We're planning out the next season. Um, we're coming into season six with uh, Spider-Man on the uh, PS4 and the PS5 and Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, October will be some of our like spooky content as per usual, our Halloween special. And then um, because Spider-Man 2 is coming out, see, we're building up to this in the, uh, late October, we'll be covering it in November. Um, again, part one, spoiler-free, part two, the full deal. Oh, dude, I can't wait for Spider-Man 2. Oof. It's going to be a contender. Um, I still think Zelda's going to win Game of the Year. I, I there, there, there's, there's very few, like, timelines exist where breath of the wild where where a new zelda game is not game of the year well i mean we'll find out we'll We'll find find out out. we'll find out but i just i honestly even thinking about the other contenders i mean obviously spider-man 2 hasn't come out yet but thinking about some of the other contenders i don't know if any of those would have won over tears of the kingdom but we'll see I'm, i'm definitely open um but personally there's a part of me that really wants to see zelda um, because it's my favorite game franchise. It's obviously it's the one that like I think we we talk about we come back to the most. And right now, Tears of the Kingdom is my favorite Zelda game. So it is phenomenal. Uh, I'm doing a playthrough of Skyward Sword with Danielle right now, so we're having a good time. Fuck yeah! Oh yeah, dude, that's her favorite Zelda game, 100. percent I think it's it's you know to do with you know the bond that she and I have with that game, but you know, know it don't matter. I know that's been yours. I don't know where, what your current standing is. 
Uh, hard to say. I, as far as like open world Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom is the way to go. But linear Zelda, Skyward Sword's my baby, dude. I fucking love that game. That that that's uh that that's a reasonable opinion. Um, and I identify with that because I had a difficulty picking between like Breath of the Wild and Majora's Mask. But I think Tears of the Kingdom did enough for it to really deserve that number one spot. But there could still be some recency bias. I still need to complete the game. I don't know that I'll 100% complete it because I don't know that I'm going to actually get every single fucking Korok seed. But I know that I'm going to get to a point where I'm going to say, yeah, like this is everything that I wanted out of this game. Um, as much I, as. I, uh-huh. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, as I did with Breath of the Wild. I was going to say, I know for a fact that I will not find all 1,000 Korok seeds. I refuse to ever do that shit again. Yeah, fuck that. Since I know like the, 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 the actual reward is the same thing. It's a troll move. Well done, Nintendo. But at the same time, like, yeah, we know that, like, that's... that's I, I, I Again, we've said this so many times now, but it, I don't think that we can really actually consider that, like, necessary for completion like to consider yourself to have conquered this game i don't think you need to find every korok seed i think you just need to find as many as is comfortable to you maybe enough to upgrade all your inventory oh yeah i can definitely get behind that but well that's enough i think for now (laughs) yeah we've we've kind of been going for a couple hours now i think uh an hour and a half is what we're clocked at just about now Um, oh nice okay good so yeah i mean for a bonus round this was actually kind of a long episode but there was a lot to talk about Oh, yeah. And for me, a lot to listen to. <laughs> so, but hey, I'm not going to complain about it. Thank you guys for tuning in and shooting the shit with us. Bonus rounds are always a lot of fun. And yeah, Ash. Yeah, I think uh, that's really all there is to say. That being said, I've been Ashley Chancellor. I've been Zachary Gio. This has been Collateral Gaming Bonus Round. We are out. Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by their respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. 
please don't sue us. We're poor. <laughs>